Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful guest, Donna Kendrick, who's going to be here today to share her story, is going to be joining us with her own podcast. I can't wait. It's still a little ways out. She's got a few things that she's got to get in order first, but she's going to be bringing us some wonderful wisdom on her Widow to Wisdom show. And it's going to be talking about financial security and how to secure yourself, you know, um, in that transition. And her passion, which we're going to be learning more about today, is that transitioning from either being a widow or divorce or any form of change that you have in your life and how you can actually you know transition into a more equilibrium and not be stressed out she is a financial expert and she really knows how to help people make the right choices she's here to serve families and individuals who walk through their doors who strive and they strive to be passionate supportive uh, a lifeline for them wherever whatever they're going through and honesty and generosity um, is the direct fuel in her mission and putting people first and prioritizing their relationships. That is a wonderful basis to have in any business and especially when you're going to be ever talking about finances and the struggles that comes along with it. Uh, Stepton Financial is, uh, is a financial service practice located in Wynwood, PA, serving clients in Bucks and uh, Montgomery counties. Her husband passed away at the age of 42 and she decided to turn her career upside down and help others experiencing widowhood and life transitioning without uh, with taking control of their financial future uh, we have as i said a lot to talk about here folks and let's just dive right into it um her beautiful show as i said widow to wisdom is, is going to be coming out soon where she's going to be really bringing people on that are going to share their stories but their wisdom and how we can all navigate through this and in this times i know there's a one hell of a lot of widows and widowers that have been left behind and there's an awful lot of people that have even had divorce or just family split up and or sickness and it's a really stressful time dealing with that but at the same time now what you do about the finances and the security for the rest of the family and it could be extremely daunting so the letters welcome our to be new host donna welcome to the fold my dear it is going to be an absolute delight to have you on board as a as a host coming up but also as a guest today sharing your story Sarah, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I'm, I'm kind of astounded and blushing, but thank you so much. <laughs> own it, own it, own it. We own things here. And, you know, this network is called self-discovery because really whatever situations we're put in in life, we are going to go down a path of self-discovery, of finding our courage and our strength and our abilities. And crises can happen where it completely can freeze us in the moment. But then the necessities of life step in and you've got to step forward and very often we're just feeling paralyzed because we just don't know what, what do I do you know finances maybe he took care of all the finances or she took care of all the bills and and it's like how do I do this and and it can be an enormous burden on people's shoulders but before we get to that because that's become your passion let's share your story um, how old were you when you became a widow 
I was 40 years old. I always remember um, going into work being like, oh, everyone complains about turning 40. It is awesome. I have no problems. I feel the best I ever did. Two weeks later, we lost my husband suddenly. And I remember going into work a week after that being like, 40 is a little sticky. I take it all back. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I was 40 and my children, we had three children, were 12, 11, and 8 at the mm. time. Yeah, I lost my father when I was 11, so I really do feel for those children. Uh, and it's, you know, suddenly dad's not there. And mm. it's, uh, you know, mom's stressed. Mum's um, carrying all the burden. You know, I'm, I'm a young age. How do I help mom? I have no idea. You know, how do I deal with my own feelings? You know, what, what, what am I meant to do? How am I meant to behave? And it really is a turmoil time of emotion, isn't it? It is of everyone trying to protect one another mm. and care for one another in a whole new role of life. Um, and we learn quickly. We learned quickly to depend on one another and to depend on the community around us to really help me raise those kids and to bring them forward. Yeah, we were brand new to our community when my husband passed. I think we only lived here in Winmore, PA for about Oh, I think only about two months before he passed. Wow. So it was a brand new school. It was a brand new community. Um, and I am so thankful. It's another reason why I have my practice right here is mm. just to give back to all the people that showed up with meals and fake CD mm. and yes. holiday gifts for the children. Yep. Yeah. And well, that's what community is meant to be about. You know, we're meant to be there for each other. That's the way we were designed. You know, we're meant to be that village and that village is only as strong as we are there for each other. And so whether you know somebody for a minute or whether they've been there lifelong, you know, we need to step up and be supportive of one another. Um, you never know when you're going to need the support. So, you know, I'll catch the next one. No, it doesn't work like that, folks, you know, yeah. in whichever way, small or big, you know, just do something. Um, you went back to work a week later? I did. I did. So, and, and I sent the children back to school a week later. And, and we've talked about that many times. So is that the best way or should it take that long? But I am one of those people that's dusted off, stand up and let's get going. And because the children were so new to the school district, I thought it was just really important that they continue to try to um, enhance their friend network um, and actually keep their minds a little bit busy moving right. forward. I was blessed and lucky because at that time I worked in their school. So it's not like I was sending them off to school and I didn't have my eyeballs on them. <clears throat> it was a great yeah. way to stay very yeah. close to my children. They might not have loved it so much, but it was great for me <laughs> to be able to see how they were, to talk to their teachers and to know how they were doing. Well, yeah, I mean, basis. what a gift that is actually because it's, it's we know how kids can be bullies. And, you know, I know when, when my dad passed, I was in boarding school, I was being bullied all the time. Your dad's mm -hmm. not dead. You're just trying to get sympathy and all of that. And one oh, day, I'm sorry. No, no, I mean, it's, you know, long ago. But, you know, the headmistress sent me out of morning prayers and, uh, uh, and I heard voices behind the door and apparently she laid into them. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and after that, they kind of looked at me all sheepishly and I never heard a word about my dad again. Um, yeah. But kids can be cruel. And the fact that you were actually were in the school, you know, you could be there as that protector and you've let all the teachers no, they're going to have their antennas up. And I think, yeah. you know, w whether you're in a, in, working in the school or not, when you are sending your kids back, it is important that you go to the school, you address everybody, their teachers, their PE, their everything, and saying, we know kids can be bullies. This is the time to show kindness and you can be the lead on it. And yeah. just keep your eyes open. It's really important for those children, isn't it? They don't it need is. another trauma on top of everything. 
No, not at all. And it is so, so impressive what the community has done to embrace um, the children that have lost parents. There's been many in our district and sadly, since my husband had passed and my children onboarded with a program called Safe Harbor locally mm. through here. Um, and that program actually really helped them. It's made specifically for children that have lost a parent or a caregiver um, and the parents go into a separate room and they themselves learn about what the children are going through at this stage, what techniques we're, we're launching for. Safe Harbor after um, some collaboration has now worked itself into the schools. Excellent. So for some of the three local schools, they come in as a resource to help train the teachers, as well as to give a respite to the children who might not be able to attend the nightly, um, it's like mm. one night every two weeks, but I'm so happy to hear that they fed into the school systems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, again, especially after the year that we've had. Now, the death of your husband was very sudden. Like it's, you know, some people, are, it's illness, you know it's coming, you've got time to prepare. But if it's very, very sudden, then it's like, it really is somebody's whacked you along the side of the head. Um, are you, feel comfortable enough to share how he passed? Yeah, definitely. Um, He took his own life. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, it wasn't the best. But. No. No, no, but yeah, a whole gamut of other emotions go through that, doesn't it? Because it's always guilt. I could have seen it. I could have done something. But ultimately, you know, this is choose positive living. He chose. He didn't choose that positive living. So whatever was going on in his life, he couldn't deal with. And we can be there for as much as we like for people. But you know, if it's their journey, that's their journey. However painful it is. No, understood, understood. And he did. He battled depression for many years and it was kept quiet. It would have affected his employment. Um, that's a whole other podcast, but mm -hmm. he didn't get the effective treatment that he needed. Needed, But I will say that at the time we lost him, he was on an upswing. He was doing very well. So that would be the surprising part, mm -hmm. that it wasn't when we were low three right. years before. It was when he was actually doing well, like at the football game that day. And, and when I actually found him, we were getting ready to go for a date night with his childhood friends. So that was the surprising part, um, but it was also a part that actually he left in a really good upswing with happy memories with the kids, with holding the flag at the football game that morning. So right, yeah. And again, we don't know, you know, what comes across someone's mind. I mean, there's um, suicide to, to actually go through with that. It has to be an act of desperation, you know, of the, you cannot see the next moment. You're only in this moment and this is all you can see and feel. And it's a question if there's somebody there to pull you back from the brink or, or, or this is it. This is this was your sole contract to come here and, you know, and it's but it's always the people that are left behind. And uh, and you discovered him. I did. Yeah, I did. Double whammy, double whammy. Um, but you I mean talk about the person left behind when my when my dad died I went to my mom and I said God took the one that was the weakest and left the one that was the strongest and and that was true you know because obviously you're the strength uh, to carry everything on but that doesn't mean that you can't have your weak moments and weak moments must be had mustn't they you you know you can't be the constant warrior because that is just going to break your shoulders you yourself have got to say, I'm having those moments. I need help. I need hug. I'm feeling at the end of my tether. And that it's okay to say it, isn't it? 
No, definitely, definitely. And that is part of, again, why I say this community has been so fantastic because sure, brush myself off, get back to work doesn't mean it's all good. Right. Um, and it was the moms in the in the district that would sit yeah. down next to you when you didn't know anyone on the bleachers and be like, hey, how you doing? Looks mm -hmm. like it's been a little bumpy. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Or inviting you out to be part yeah. of the community. Yeah. That's where you take on the resources. And when you shared earlier community, that's what it's meant for. It sure is. I was blessed and lucky that I actually moved into a community where my sister has been a resident for 14 years before my husband passed. So we had actually traveled abroad, traveled all over the world with his employment. This was my first time back stateside at that point in five years straight. So for me to be in a community that held my sister too, right? For that giant yes. hug, so lucky, so blessed. And yeah. I think he knew that too when he left, mm -hmm. that we were in a safe spot. Right. Yeah. yeah, kind of him and the universe were putting you in the right place, you know, because it, it was clearly inevitable, but yeah. at least setting you up for that, that foundation to know that you could get through it because you're in the right place to do so. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. So that was a blessing. Yeah. 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 What advice would you give to people, um, you know, when they, they know somebody that's lost someone and most people don't approach people or don't step up because they have no idea what, what to say or how to behave. And, and everybody's different and how their reaction is going to be. But what would you say to those people, you know, about the fear of what to say or the fear of saying something wrong or being offensive or just not knowing? Mm -hmm. You know, I, and again, I, I would think because of the way I lost my husband and and I'm a certified grief recovery counselor and mm -hmm. all of these things, I should have all the right words, yeah. oh, but I don't, right? No. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to hug them and start crying. Yes. It's just who I am, as we <laughs> as we can see. Um, but you're from if, the heart, my darling. That's why you're here. <laughs> for everyone listening, I have waterproof mascara. It's not running down my face. I'm okay. I put the glasses on to hide it all. We're fine. Um um, but so a lot of it is to not be afraid to walk up to them and spread support. A lot of it is not asking, what do you need? Right. Because they're not going to tell you that, you know, we yeah. want to be empowered. We want to look like we have control of this, yeah. even on our darkest, saddest days. So sometimes it's doing that special thing here in the States. Most of us have have big yards, right? So it's actually hiring a company to go and mow their lawn mm. and they might not ever know who yeah. hired the company, yeah. right? That's something important. Or they come home from a football game and you've raked all their leaves. Mm. Just do something extra. Don't ask, even though you think you're being polite, the answer most likely is gonna be no, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so think outside the box and, and work around the system. Yeah. The other thing I always recommend too is there's such support so quickly after someone passes and it is a swirling time. You're yeah. dealing with finances, you're dealing with family, you're dealing with children, you're dealing with emotions, you're dealing with yourself having the loss. It's months later that really the support needs to come in. Yes. When all of that activity dies down. Yeah. When all of you know the family has gone and you're left kind of with the what's next. We call it immediate transitional or long-term goals. Yeah. As we're getting out of those immediate ones and there's transitional, if you are someone in the support or someone in the back end, that's when you come in. Yeah. Hey, I know it's been a while. Mm -hmm. You know, how about how about we go to dinner? Yeah. How about, yeah. Or, you know, I've put this basket together. I think it'll really help you through spring. Just leave it there. Yeah. So. Let's, um, I'm taking the kids for a play date. Oh, you know, oh, oh you know, I used to love that. Right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> someone or, take all three. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, but we're taking the kids for a play date or the husbands are, and as women are going off to the spa. 
know, in a pamper day, because the last thing you think about when you suddenly, you know, uh, the the breadwinner and you're dealing with everything, the last thing you think about is spending money on something as frivolous as a spa day or a massage, right? Which is one of the things that you really do need. It's physically exceptionally good for you, emotionally good for you. And you need that kind of time out to do something like that. But this is certainly not on the budget. So having somebody step up and say, look, kids are taken care of. You're coming to a spa day with me. That's amazing. That yes. would be really nice. And I will say too, we did the meal train um, in our neighborhood, meaning that, um, that everyone signs up online and then you put a cooler outside of your house and mm. at four o'clock dinner arrives. Um, I highly encourage putting a bottle of wine out there. Yes. <laughs> so just, yes. Yeah. Anytime I've set up a meal train to pay it forward in years after, it's like I ask the person like, is, is, would they like a bottle of wine or what is their drink of choice if they do? Or if not, what is their creature comfort? Is it yes. chocolate? Is it cheesecake? Yes. What is it? Yes. And find out that little thing. Yeah. So nice. So yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the meal is wonderful. Good. I don't have to cook a meal, but ooh, the goodies suddenly pick you. <laughs> right up isn't one glass of wine when the kids have gone to bed yummy or a cheesecake or chocolate you know yes and and suddenly you could kind of you're lifted up and taken out of the responsible mode because one of the things when you become a widow or widower um, or even a divorcee you know somebody who's just suddenly had a complete split um it is you know the finances immediately come up right you know how are we going to survive and and i know that it's a very valid question and you know some people when they say that other people oh, but you've lost your spouse that shouldn't be on your mind but it, it, well how do i pay the mortgage or the rent and the food on the table and yeah. this and that it you has know, to it, be it has to be on your mind and it you know it is it can be really crippling for people if the spouse has been the breadwinner and you've relied on that income which i know wasn't your case but you deal with a lot of people like that and it is a uh, it can be for some people they've never balanced a checkbook you know uh not that we do that anymore but you know what I mean? <laughs> never registered the the actual overdraft that they're using with their debit um but it it is something that really does need to be addressed so kind of the work that you're doing now is you know helping people stabilize um you know that let's let's get the finances in order so you can feel secure to actually be able to go through the emotions that you need to go through in healing but that financial security or just that that whole I'm there for you I'm there for you let's just look at how we can put things together is essential isn't it yeah and actually the timing of it is too right Mm -hmm. there's many things that if we move into my position as a financial professional too many things that I can take care of that I can just take off of their plate filling out redundant forms making some calls and there's some things that the widow or widower has to do themselves because it's private information but it's knowing quickly what can be taken off because you can so quickly feel busy to distract yourself from the grief by handling those things and sometimes it's just so nice to have somebody help you organize the information take the next steps because everyone like we just shared is offering to help right like aunts uncles cousins brother-in-laws brother-in-laws for some reason seem to be the biggest helpers after (laughs) a loss 
and not always the best advice, right? But right, it gives yes. you some privacy too, um, of that you do have the control and that it is your private information and there's yeah. someone there alongside of you helping. That isn't doesn't have to be the brother-in-law. Right. Um, but that's a lot too. It's just no noticing what you have to do immediately and what can wait a little while. We always have what we call the checklist. Like what do you have to do in the first four weeks? What do you do in the next three? So that you can feel like you checked it off, you're getting accomplished, mm. but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Some yeah. things can wait, some things can't because we right. have mortgages, things like right. that. Right, right. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm referring back to my dad because obviously, you know, he's the person in the past, but I remember my mom getting a bill uh, two weeks after he died for apparently a whole load of suits that he had bought conveniently three days after he had died. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, so, wow. You know, if that is something to be weary of, suddenly out of the woodwork, somebody, oh, you know, your, your husband owes me this and owes me that, and they kind of, you know, trick things. And it's like, no, you, you know, it's don't just kind of immediately just pay things off question. You because have to be unfortunately, aware. There are sharks out there and they, you know, they have no heart and they will take advantage. And, uh, you know, if you are, you know, like, I don't know what this is about. This is where you turn to, to people like yourself and go, I, I you know, is this true or not? And um, because they don't know the first thing about finding out, you know, if this yeah. is a real thing or not. A hundred, a hundred percent. And in our, in my relationship, my late husband's name was Greg. With Greg and I, I, I have a degree. I understand the finances. Yes. So I took care of all of that. But months after he passed, I actually thought, what if it would have been me? Yes. What if I was the one who would have passed? He would have been lost. Yeah. He didn't have passwords to get onto the online mm. accounts. He didn't know where the retirement savings was, right? He doesn't know how all the kids 529s for college were being funded or how they were working together. Um, so that was a huge learning curve for me to add value to my clients too, yeah. is while the couples are together, while they're alive, while they're raising their family, make sure that there's transparency, yeah. right? Make sure that we understand where all of everything is. And even if you don't want to, right? Mm. As long as there a knowing a knowing yeah. of okay well all right my financial advisor has it so i can turn to that person even that was really integral and i remember doing um, a speaking tour where i actually carried a bag of keys with me and those keys were the keys that came from my husband's office after he passed and i didn't know where any of them belonged and I always say that too about the finances. Like I might have taken care of the finances and I knew where everything was. I have no clue where these keys go to. And that's that learning curve. Share the information, write it down, um, put a personal document locator and, and step by step, tell people where everything is. Try to make it as easy for those who are surviving you to move forward. Um, and by the way, some of those keys were just hysterical. The little keychains they were on. I'm like, oh my God, he got this when he was in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just carrying the keys around. Just did they open anything? I, you know, I found some, some were to bike locks. We right. did find some that were to safe deposit box, which we didn't know, right? So right. some of those, a lot of them were work keys. So I was like, hey, I don't need them, give them mm. back. And then for some reason, every we moved a lot because we we worked, it was almost like a military life. Mm. Um, he didn't like to give the keys back when we moved. He was just lazy. <laughs> he was a hardworking guy, but I think once we moved out of the apartment, he was like, all right, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> But you know, there's another word you hit on the passwords. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is, um, please write down your password um, and put it somewhere safe, but make sure that somebody can get it yeah. uh, afterwards because suddenly you can't get into the Gmail account or you can't get into the bank online. You can't get into that. And it's like, uh, 
I mean, I know there's somebody out there apparently who's a billionaire in Bitcoins, but because he doesn't have his password, he hasn't got any access to them. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> what about it? There's a lesson for you. But um, mm -hmm. passwords, you know, it's and and we're always changing them too. So it, you know, sure. because suddenly whatever you're using rejects your old password and now you've got to change it so always update your password on your information and put it somewhere where you know your your partner can get it you know yeah. if um if if that comes to it because you're stuck you're completely stuck and having access to certain things if uh, if you don't have that password Yep, and that's an exercise I did probably two weeks after my husband passed. I wrote down all the passwords. It's called, I call it my personal document locator, where everything is. And then I got one of the online password aggregators, and they are wonderful. And there's so many very secure aggregators out there. So you put in one major password, and as you were on the web, it updates those passwords every time you have to change. What is that that is fantastic. I need that. <laughs> yeah, so it's a password aggregator. Um, I. There's many out there. So um, they go from LifeLock, I think TrueKey has one. Um, but yes, it's safe and secure. You have to vet your companies. But as you surf the web, it'll say, do you want me to save this password? And you say yes. Um, and that key is what is actually written on my um, documents if I pass the key to get into my password protector. Yep. That makes so much sense. And that also just, I mean, I'm going to do it because I have a trillion passwords. And I'm it makes it like, easier. What is They're that visual. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Little tiles. But, but yeah. then again, it's like, even if you're writing a will, that is the password to get into that. And it doesn't matter how many times you update it. It's one password to get into there. And then yeah. that makes that so much easier. Yeah. So I put that in the front of my estate documents, which are always in a fire safe box or bag. Everyone out there, you might have your estate documents. And if they're not being held by by the attorney and they're in your home make sure the executor knows where they are they yes. have a key and they're in a fire safe box because that's very important um, and then i also do a map of where all of my assets are just the name of the asset or even uh, where the title to the house is the title to the cars and it's almost like a key where everything is and if they're not all held in that area once a year during um, the new year break i update it all and that's it just done for the year right yeah. now what if people don't have or can't afford kind of having a lawyer as somebody in charge of the estate or any of that there's a lot of people that literally are living just month to month and they don't yeah. have the affordability of all of that what advice would you give them in in kind of just the basics that we're talking about here and you know they don't have somebody to look after it for them they've got to yeah. look out who did they ask i mean who did they tell my will is or my this this is is here um if anything should happen to me yeah, I can honestly say if you cannot afford to have a, an attorney help and make you basic documents, um, one, I will say ask around. Ask around to some of those services that help um, families in transition, women after divorce, men um, who are widowers. Just ask. Some of them have attorneys that work pro bono that can mm. help you make some basic documents. So that's first, ask around. Second, online, you can find some basic documents. Um, I don't always recommend it because I do like that legal look. Yeah. But if that's where you need to go just to get the arrangement of it, then, then go ahead, see what you can find out there online, many resources. Um, third, just open communication. Yeah. Communicate your wishes with the family. Even if it's you writing down your wishes, and signing it, it's better than nothing. Yeah. We call it like a, ma a personal manifesto, right? Yeah. And hope that the person that's going to um, 
carry forth on your wishes will do it so in the way that you regarded it. Um, so yeah, that's one of the big things is open communication, uh, write your own quote unquote manifesto. I even have my manifesto, I call it inside my estate documents, right? Like these are the legal documents, but this is really my heart of heart, what I wish you guys do, mm. things like that. I mean, um, you know, a video, I mean, oh, anybody can make that and, and save it up in the cloud with a link or whatever you know yeah. youtube in privacy nobody sees it and then you somebody's got that link in with the documents yeah. and then you know nobody can speak to um to your loved ones the way you can so yeah. you know having leaving that behind and and this is where that is and that is where this is this is how i feel and and it's also a sense of closure isn't it hearing that voice from beyond it's that sense of closure they were thinking about you um and not only have they given you the ABCs just to, to make you feel you're balanced to know where everything is, but it's that final message, which I think is really important. And today, so easy for everyone to do. You are right. Technology has helped so much with that. Um, and I know um, clients who have said that when their spouse has passed, that spouse has left a video diary for the children. Yes. A video diary to play on the first day of, yeah. of school right yeah. on their prom at their wedding things like that and what a beautiful tribute yeah. what a beautiful tribute if you have the power and opportunity yeah. to do that and you know um, that is that is something wonderful when you know that somebody's in an illness and you've got the time right sure. but for those that die suddenly you know there sure. there's still also that emotional thing is like could i have prevented it could i have done that if it's a car accident or this or that you know what if i hadn't asked them to pick up the milk you know <laughs> you know there's always the the little guilt factor that people take on and that is something that's quite natural but at the same time needs to be addressed quickly before it really manifests into something big no agreed agreed so um, as I chair too, like my husband was at the football game with my son that day. And I remember as we parted, um, the two big kids and I were going to go out to eat and the little guy was going to go home with his dad. And last minute, he's like, dad, I'd really like to go out to eat with mom. So he came in the car with me. The guilt for him was all, if I would have been home, he yeah. wouldn't have done it. And right. we didn't know that until no. we start asking those questions. Yeah. One other thing, which is just fantastic, is sharing the story. Yes. Like right here on this podcast, I'm able to share our story. But for the children and I, often sitting and sharing our story, even of that day, or stories of their father before, helps us keep in line and help us keep that legacy moving and have a full understanding of for us that day. Yeah, yeah it's been remarkable yeah the the uh, don't talk about it it's past or shutting it down is not a healthy thing to do for anybody uh talking it out you know addressing any of the emotions like guilt or or anger why did sure. he do it didn't he love us enough i remember sure. asking that question you know didn't dad love me enough that he would fight for his own life but you know in hindsight he was a fighter pilot in the war he'd been for all the war he was one of the last ones in his squadron to to be alive and he died at 45 well, and he, he was he, young too he was young yeah and so he was given a, a a heart thing and they told him he had three months to live which is the worst thing you can do instead of saying change your lifestyle so for mm. him it was another battle come on bring it on and he lasted another four years wow um, but he would have lasted because my brother had a heart attack as well many years later when he was in his 60s he changed to veganism and he changed his whole lifestyle so but in those days it was just the sentence and so it for the i was the youngest so and it was like well didn't you love me enough didn't you love me enough to stay or to fight and you kind of feel 
unworthy then you feel guilty because everybody else has lost them too so you know allow the emotions and they're not all going to come flooding out of the gate at once six months later nine months later a year later sudden feeling is going to address it whatever you do don't skirt over it don't diminish it and don't belittle it address it and let it come out yeah that's wonderful advice it is it is. And that's as we feel the progression moving forward mm. as my children age and become adults themselves. Yes. They look in the mirror and my oldest sees his father. He looks just like him. Mm -hmm. Like that even has to be something that he has to follow that journey with. Yeah. 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 Great advice. You know, it isn't just the moment when somebody goes and then suddenly, you know, what am I going to do with my finances? How am I going to get through this transition? That transition is there for a long time, you know, because you are in self-discovery now. Who am I now? on my own with these children. Who am yeah. I now? I mean, I know now you are engaged and you have a blended family and it's like the the Brady Bunch meets eight is enough. And so True. <laughs> it is very lucky, very lucky. Um, at the time you wouldn't have thought about another partner or another life because it's just, you know, the one that's ripped away from you. But you're also, a, you know, a, an example of that, you know, love can happen again. And, true. and although it's not the same love as you had with, with your first husband, and nothing ever diminishes that, but the heart knows how to love. And when you open it up, it can love on so many levels. It's true. And when we talk about sharing stories, we share so many stories about my late husband with uh, my children, with the younger children, with my new fiance. Um, and it's so funny. He's actually said to me before, he's like, you, you know, I've never met Greg, right? He's like, it'd be really <laughs> awkward if I did, but yes. because it's become so familiar to have his name and his right. experience and as well as the embracing of my late husband's family right. has welcomed everybody in. And now we are extended even beyond. Right. So to say, at you know a holiday oh where are you going oh to donna's late husband's family's house yeah, like, yeah, here yeah. come and here come eight children yes. like, it's kind of easier when the rsvp was just one right <laughs> but, but I mean, that's, that's amazing that's the joy that just means there's more love to share there's more joy oh, it's a bit amazing you know and, and whether it's one or whether it's eight you know the whole thing is is just because somebody you've lost that line that fred just mean you lose everybody there yeah. they want that you know, they look at you, they remember how much you love him and, you know, um, how it was cut short for you and the kids. And they want to continue to be a part of your life. And it's not like, well, he's gone now, so are you. No, no. you need your in-laws, you know, and, and you need that extended friends and family that you had. And that goes even with divorce. You get with the divorce. Well, I have to choose him or her. And then suddenly you've lost that whole social uh, sure. platform that you had before which can be really really difficult so people please be kind when people it's are separating true. right <laughs> that's the easiest way to say it be mature yes. be kind be giving and i used to really just focus my practice on helping widows and widowers and when i realized that so many of my clients that have been through divorce yes. have that same feeling of loss and grief except they're active there's something about being a widow and widower where you know the final point in yes. life and you're like okay i can move from here that divorce process and and recovering from a divorce is ever growing, right? You yeah. still have many of times two parents nurturing and, and rearing the children moving forward. Um, and so it took an extra level of care and patience and listening to help my divorcees move forward. And it has been so rewarding for me. So absolutely rewarding. Yeah. And then you've got the divorces that are nasty mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, you know, 
cutting off of the money I'm not paying for the children and nice you know and all of that and I, I have a friend who's going through that right now and it, it is quite horrific what he's doing on visitation with his daughters just to get back at the mother and the mother didn't do anything he just decided to hate in fact it was for his green card and the moment he got that he went and married someone else so and and you know she can't get rid of him it's not like us you know it, it, he's died exactly gone. he's still hanging around she's trying to do mediation and he's refusing so she can't do it until he agrees yeah. he still has the right to see the daughter who hates going to him but nobody will you know address that and all of those things that drag out Sure, so you can't move states if you don't want to in many yeah. issues here in the states. Yes. Income all of a sudden stops because it's dependent on that they yeah. decide not to pay. Like it is, it's ever changing, ever changing. And in a lot of ways, you know, the ongoing support for them is is in the immediate stage for a long time, isn't it? It is. I love that you bring that up because it's true. So my process as a widow of that one year, like, okay, I got through the year first. It mm. just seems to extend for yes. our divorcees. Um, and that's to have a helping hand that is a resource that is um, dependable is really important. And that goes to, like, as you say, for the communities around them. Um, everyone were football parents or baseball parents yeah. right and now that's split into two and yes. you have one parent standing on the other side and this parent <laughs> standing on there don't feel bad go visit both like yeah. everyone has yeah. feelings yeah I, and understand and, the kid is feeling like suddenly you know parents are either side are they going to have a fight you know yeah. uh, who do i look at and wave at when i'm running on the field you know and so it, it is understanding be there for those kids because their transition isn't final there they're now actually being torn to pieces so it's this true. is the time that we need to really with that empathy step up and yeah. though you know you oh, i don't want the drama it's not drama folks this is called compassion yep. and decency decency oh, a lot of it. decency yeah. is yeah. a big part of it maybe do we hear that word enough do we and i think it should be kind of right up there in our in our everyday vocabulary yeah it's you know? true put it on the wall just just yeah. have some decency yeah you don't have to agree you yeah. don't have to like but just be decent about it be respectful yeah, have empathy. Yeah. Empathy for the other person. Yes. Yeah, you're not Beautiful. in their shoes. You don't know what they're going through. And so you don't have the rights to pass the judgment. And, uh, you know, let's leave the judging up to judges. And as a community, stop judging people. Um, you've heard the fight or you've heard a rumor and immediately, oh, oh, you know, and it's like all of a sudden the support stops for someone because of somebody's malicious rumor. And then, yeah. you know, this person is stuck again, kind of being isolated, which is cruel. It's cruel, yeah. folks. We don't do that to one another. Yeah. So. so sad. It is. Being there for one another as a community on an everyday level is so so important because we you know we gain with all this isolation we've had in this last year it's certainly sure it's the you know how much we need other people how we're dying for that hug and just that you know getting together you know is absolutely wonderful and as we're coming out and getting back to doing that we realize how much we are really dependent on each other as human beings you know we need that camaraderie and there's so many people that have gone through either you know, um, lost by death or lost by divorce or lost by something, you know, losing family members and not having the closure because yeah. it could not being able to be there, maybe even not having a funeral. Um, yeah. And so that delayed reaction is going to be there, you know, because it's a, they haven't had that 
that permission yet. So are you finding right now in your practice that there's a lot more of that right now? Definitely. Um, we call it the year of first, right? I think I mentioned it earlier in here. It's like, it's your, your first holiday, your first yeah. spring, the first time you've circled around when you lost the spouse and, and right. you smell uh, a bonfire, something like that. Um, and for all of us that have been at home during COVID by ourselves, that year of first was paused. Yes. So it's almost like the grieving process just pause because you're not getting the hugs you're mm. not having all that support of the community you're not just bumping into someone who could carry your bags from a grocery right. store right you we are actually just in our own home and i have seen so much of that moving forward as well as the fact of as you mentioned um people that passed along the way mm. and there was no closure there was yeah. no um any funeral or the outpouring of support right. um so so many people now have brought back like the celebrations Right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a celebration on the anniversary of pick their birthday, right? Or their favorite holiday or just a random day. Now that everyone's getting vaccinated and coming back out, that's been really helpful. Um, and I always encourage people in the community to like, okay, yeah, we did the meal train back then, right? But they've been locked up in their home for 15 months. Yeah. What do we do now? Invite right. them down to the beach. Like yes. you mentioned, take the children so they can go to the beach for yes. the day things like that provide the opportunity because for many of us, it's been a year, a year and a half, especially for my widows and widowers who lost someone right before the COVID right. shutdown. It yeah. was like breaks just on hold. And they are also in those houses full of memories. Mm. Yeah, it's been hard for them. Plaguing them in many ways, right? Because you don't have, you can't get the distance. From true. It, right. You yeah. Know, you can't keep, I'm one of those people that keeps active and just keeps moving on. Doesn't, yeah. I don't think it's going to catch up to me if I keep right. busy. Yeah. yeah. It's not true. Like these right. gentlemen do not take my advice on that one. <laughs> it will catch up. Yes. Kind of face it. Yes. Um, but at least for me that it's stretched, it stretched the amount of impact I would allow because I, I could digest it a little yeah. bit better. Um, so to be home and to have it all there is, was a lot for many widows and widowers recently, um, as well as many families that might've been trying to keep their marriage together. And now they're him for 15 months right. and that divorce rate has, has sadly increased. Yes. But at the same time, I look at it as opportunities for two people. I have seen those divorces go much more maturely than yeah. I have seen many others yeah. because they realized it's actually for quality of life. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, it really is up to us as human beings to decide how we're going to behave. And, you know, we can be in pain, we can be in anguish, we can be in all emotional turmoil. But when it comes down to it, is what are we going to do about it? And, you know, we I always say, you know, our emotions are here for a reason. They're here to indicate how we feel, but don't become emotional about your emotions because that's when you're stuck and then you can't see a way out. Is it, I'm mad, okay, what am I mad at? All right, how am I gonna get rid of this anger? I'm sad, what am I sad about? Let's deal with that. I'm feeling the pain of loss. Okay, go and hug something, have a goddamn good cry, spend the emotion. But yeah. if, you, if you deny it or get stuck in it, now you're in that twirl and you can't get out of it altogether. Yeah, no, definitely. And I've, I've myself as well as many of my close widow friends because we do all tend to hang out once we once yes. we have this life experience um it's you could be six years post-loss and yeah. just have a good cry if you need yes. to you'll yeah. feel better afterwards and no one is going to judge you right no, no. and teach it's not kids you you've got over that by now no yeah no, teach your kids it's okay yes it's all right yes so, most big, certainly big part 
yeah. big part of it. Yeah, exactly. And there is no time frame for grief. People are going no. to go through grief on their own time. Now, you, your support is there for that first year. But then, you know, other people can step up after that. And you can even let the community know, you know, still having a bit of difficulty in this area. Sure. You know, like, you know, pay attention to that. If you see them kind of going down that rabbit hole, grab them and pull them out, you know? Yeah. We used to have this group called Moving On, which would be probably about three, four years afterwards. I remember people in the Moving On group, I was like, they're not, they're not ready. Right. They don't want to. And it's okay. Like, yes. take it at your speed yes. and excel in life and love life where you can um, and be kind to yourself where you just need some more time, right? Yeah. Or a little bit more support. So there's no race to this. Right. Do you only deal with the loss, you know, whether it's, you know, widower, widower or divorcee? Do you deal with people who have loss of children or anything or other? I actually, families? yeah, I do a lot of, I call it families in transition. So I actually do a lot of career change also simply mm -hmm. because we move so often. I felt like I personally had to recreate my life every time we moved, right? Yes. Like, so here we're in New Jersey. Next, we know we're in Italy. Now we're down in Delaware, right? Texas. I avoided that one. <laughs> <laughs> Any Texans listening, I'm sure it's wonderful. Just too far from my East Coast, Philadelphia. Up there. All right. Um, but so, yeah, so that's a big part of what we do. Um, and, and honestly, my practice has morphed itself into guidance for so many young families. Yeah. And I love that part of where I did not think my practice was going to go, right. of having young new parents in their early 30s sitting down and saying, okay, should something happen to... Mm to my husband or my wife, I want to protect my family. How are we going to do it? Um, as well as sharing their goals and how to get there moving forward. And it's been so fulfilling and so beautiful. Also having their parents as part of that process, right? Like the parents come in, they want to sit down and have that conversation with their adult children. It's really hard to have that conversation on your own sometimes. Yes. But if you have an advisor out there to kind of have the language, move the conversation, it's kind of safer it's a little less emotional and it's more um, appreciation for, I want you to be in control moving forward. So definitely. You know, we have insurance on things and that it's to ensure that such something happened, you're covered, but we don't think about kind of wills or the financial planning or this or that. Nobody wants to go into thinking, well, you know, in case we divorce or in case we demise, we don't want to think that, oh, Bill, you know, you're thinking negatively. No, I am thinking practically. Sure. And by putting those things in order, it gives me more peace of mind to live my day and enjoy every moment of it. Because should anything happen, I know the family's okay. Yeah, it's freeing. It's absolutely yeah. freeing. I would say it's a lot of work out front, but mm -hmm. it's absolutely freeing in the back end. Like anytime, even for example, if you start a new diet, right, or a new exercise yes, program, yes. the first two weeks are really, really hard. But then yeah. afterwards, you're so proud of that life change, as you talked about. So moving to a vegan lifestyle and extending and clearing their life, yeah. this will give you so much relaxation. Take that blood pressure down a little yes. bit. And it takes the worry out of things. It, yeah. it does take the worry out. And it's, it's wonderful to be able to share with your family and generations to come. Yep. I said on a show the other day, because I'm showing my age a stitch in time, and he's saying the the millennial generation won't know what you're talking about, you know, because it's stitch in time saves nine. So it's, you know, one stitch instead of nine. And he said he uses the analogy, uh, put oil in the car now or pay for a new engine later. Right? So, true. <laughs> so, you know, we we want to as much as we can be prepared 
And if anything that COVID has taught us, when it's taught us many things, is one of those things is you don't know who it's going to happen to, who, when, or how. And that, you know, that security, that that just laying things there on both sides instead of all of a sudden the spouse going, I have no idea what the passwords are or what this is or what that is. You know, now both of them are no, oh yeah, no, we went through that. I've got it covered. Yeah. And that huge thing off the shoulders there, right? Because you know that's covered. I know yeah. I need to do A, B, and C, but I'm not just spinning around going, what do I do next? Agreed, agreed. And that's the blessing. And that's really where I gear most of the advice or the education. I'm very education-based in my practice. Um, that's where I, I want to reach out and I want to just say that message. So if truly, if I stand to a group of moms on a Sunday morning, right, who are all having some coffee together and they've allowed me to come and join in on their conversation. And if I can tell them just that little takeaway, like we shared yeah. the personal personal document locator and having your password saved. Yes. If that's what they walk away with when they're fantastic. My day is full. Yeah. I've done what I've been meant to do because it could have just eased the whole process for their spouse along the way it's very often just simply not something that people think about yeah right you and, know, it's it's just not it wouldn't have crossed my mind right yeah. until it's there so you know there's little nuggets that you drop off it's like oh oh i haven't thought about that oh i guess i'd better do something about it right so yeah it's that one step forward that changes life yeah so what kind of things are you going to bring on on your show? Because I'm delighted to have you here with us on Self Discovery Media. Um, you know, Widow, Wisdom, um, Widow and Wisdom, which is a wonderful title. Um, and it's the wisdom that you've got from being a widow, but also obviously from your, your life skill and your business skill and very much what you're doing now. But, who, you know, what kind of people are we going to expect you to bring on and what kind of subjects are you going to be talking about? Oh, I, I'm very excited about this because it's going to be much less finance. You know, I love talking about finance, but more about the resources out there for you. Should you lose a spouse, a widower, yeah. widower? Should you be through that divorce? Should you be changing careers and reinventing yourself? What considerations do you have to have? So we're going to have guest speakers like, um, ooh, somebody who's going to help you do um, a personal relationship um inventory like so that relationship that was so dear to you um and either you've lost somebody or maybe it did end in divorce the relationship changed right um we call it the relationship autopsy so what mm. did we learn from that and so yeah. what can we bring to the table when that are title, we that title has got to be on the show good one right <laughs> yeah I can't give it all away um <laughs> Yeah. And then even the things of how to help your children grieve, right? Mm -hmm. What steps worked for me and what steps do when we surround ourselves with this community of men and women, fall experiences, loss and children of all different ages, how to be appropriate with our vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. How to use your community resources well, right? How to even something as how to organize yourself better, right? Like yes. <laughs> these are the topics we need. Yeah. Um, and so it's more about all of those. So moving through the widows and the widowers, and then going through um, resources for our D4Cs and then that that moving on, that piece and, to and it. And, you know, the, the new couples, you know, yeah. the, the stitch in time, you know, it's... Um, yeah, we are a blended family and I am learning mm. new things every day in regard to, um, yes, in regard to I had it all, right? Like yeah. I actually had it all squared away and I was done, I was fine. And then, oops, now opening my, my life right up again. So right. how to be vulnerable. Right, how to start that conversation again, too, of protecting your children and your finances yes. and their hearts while bringing in a second family and wanting to love them in the same way. So. 
Yeah, and you know that everybody has their own personality, and it doesn't mean everybody's going to get on. And it's not like, well, mom and dad are happy. You guys are going to all be happy together. No, you've got to allow them to form their own relationships, and you know, go into it and saying, look, give it time. We're there yeah. for you, but be open-hearted and open-minded, which is yeah. really important. Yeah, and that's it. So having someone come in talk about prenups, getting that yeah. thing squared away, as well as some relationship coaches of how to blend the families, yes. how to respect the rights of every child in that yeah. house, because our decision to blend our family was not theirs. No, so, no, no, not theirs. But no, yeah, no. There's those horrible shows of people, you know, vying to marry this one guy, and the, whoever he picked at the end, they would marry, and then they fight. You, you haven't met the family. You have no, the, you know, yeah. suddenly you're married. Oh, I met him on TV. You know, <laughs> you know and here, here he is. Here's your stepdad. And it's like, oh, can't think of anything more horrific or unkind yeah. to your children, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, yeah. It, prep, I didn't have that kind of preparation in my divorce. And, uh, you know, and, and it was kind of two years before even the moving out. And, and it was just, at the end of it, it was just, let's just, I knew that I was going to be walking away with virtually nothing. Let's just close it off and move on. And, uh, yeah. and you know, sometimes you just have to do that. But I, uh, I have to this day, I have no idea what he earned or, or anything because that was always kept secret. And yes, you each and every one of you are entitled to your own money. It's your money. Um, but then there's the us money. And the us money you need to know about. You need to know what's happening with it. Not just the money, you know, as you said, you found out, you know, stocks and bonds and this and that type of thing. And like, you didn't know that was there. And we need to put things on the table and not suddenly have a shock. Yeah, it's um, a transparency of it. Yeah. Again, to your point, we all deserve our own privacy, yeah. right? And we all deserve our own sense of control. But it's just the transparency of knowing what's there. How can we help one another should this pass? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. We we always say now too, it's mine, yours, and ours. So yes, yes. it's you're completely fine that you can have a mine and a yours, but yes. is out can ours take care of this family unit? Right. And I think that is one of the healthiest ways because you're entitled to have your own money. You're entitled to have I can spend it on what I want to spend it on. This is my limit, then my responsibility. But the underbiller of the us. And that's the same thing with self-love. I'm, you know, I'm taking some love for me, so I have more love to bring to the us. It's right? so funny. My, my daughter, as we're this blended family, has learned how to work it very well. Mm. She's 19 and she went on a trip. And of course, I was like, oh, here, have some cash. Like, I want to make sure you have cash on you. They live on just their cards now. But yes. I want you to have some cash in an emergency. Well, apparently my fiance also handed her money. <laughs> And then we're talking later and, and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, my guest, I was a guest at someone's house. They didn't let me pay for a thing. So now my summer savings is, is up because you both paid me. We were like, it comes out of the joint account. It came out of us money. Like, she just tapped the joint account twice. Smart cookie. Yeah. See, I'm a financial planner, but I don't always have that line. So all the kids listening, that's the advantage of a joint family. Right. Yes, yes. I said the sakaru, right? Yeah. Um, life moves on. Whatever happens to us, you know, whether it's loss of, you know, of spouse or divorce or loss of job, you know, transitioning from what you had to something unknown, uh, especially if you've gone through something that's traumatic in between that you're dealing with is really, really hard. And the more people that are there to help navigate your way. And the thing is, everything about you is practical. 
you're going to give them the practical steps. You know, as I say, you're putting the wisdom in their backpack. You're showing them the path they can take so they can take those steps confidently. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, they've got to walk it, but you're preparing them for that walk. Yep. And you're and doing it with compassion. Along the way. Yeah. It's, it. it's holding yeah. a hand along the way. Exactly. Now, post-COVID, we can. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yes. I did it virtually before. And we right. always said, you know, we did um, we did a lot of fundraising after my husband passed. And the slogan of our little team was, love the past, love the future. Mm. And that's the truth. Love, yeah. respect, and learn from whether your past be divorce or widow or widowhood. Yes. But love the future opportunities in front of you. Yes, because there's plenty. You know, and you're not dishonoring the person that you've lost if you love again. That doesn't mean you didn't love the other person. Or even in a divorce, that you didn't love them at one time. It's just that it didn't work out. You know, sure. two, you're two different people now. And two good people who just couldn't be together. Exactly. And, you know, and, and don't make it bad people by going down the nasty road. All right? You know, have some of that uh, decorum and... Um, Decency decency, respect for one another, and also some self-love. Because if you've got some self-love, you can't knowingly go and hurt someone else for your own gain. Agreed. So. Agreed. You've got lots of wisdom, Sarah. Lots of <laughs> well, you're on the right channel here with all the, your shows. And I, what I love about it is, is the fact that you are going to be sharing those practical tips, but from a compassionate point of view, from a nurturing point of view, but also it, it liberating and uplifting. Because if we're liberated, because a lot of people say, yes, I know I need to do this. I know I need to do this, but I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I always say some of it too is the little kid stamps their feet. Like, I just don't want to. Like, I know yeah. I have to, but I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So to hear someone else's journey of how they didn't want it either, yeah. but it, it got there. It's yeah. okay. It's yes. okay. And, and learn from it and feel as if you're part of the community as you're listening. The best teachers are those that have gone through it. They understand that you can relate to them. Um, they have the empathy. Uh, they know the ups and downs. But it's the fact that they found the strength and the courage and the abilities to go through it. And now have stepped into that. I will say that is your divine purpose. That is your meaningful calling. Um, we, we're meant to go through certain things so that we end up doing what we're really here to do. And what you're really here to do is to put people on that right track of peace of mind or that equilibrium after a shock, whether it's divorce, widowhood or, or whatever, you know, that we all need to move forward. Life is stagnant, but knowing how with the right steps, you know, that cheerleading that you give them, that compassion and that support and that you've got this. And it's not just you've got it, la, la, la. You've got it. Here are the skills and the tools and this is how to apply them, right? The practical yep. stuff. So it's more than just the cheerleader. You know, you're the teacher as well and the wise tutor along the way, which is wonderful. So we're delighted to have you join us. And um, we don't have an, a, a date yet as to when your new shows are going to start, but we're hoping in August, right? We are. We're going to try our best great and we will let you know folks when it's coming and uh, you're going to want to tune in you know the, there isn't anybody that hasn't experienced some form of loss in some way and it's it's what do i do now you know that we help the people we love exactly which is yeah. so so important but in the meantime how do people find you and and how can you help them and is it only in your area or can they be from anywhere 
Oh, you can be from anywhere for this. Um, you feel free to follow me on social media. Uh, it's Sefton Financial. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Um, we're also on Twitter and just got out on Twitter. So just go ahead and Google Sefton Financial. Lots of those tips um, are out there already as a resource. Right. So it's Sefton is S P H T O N financial.com is your site. Um, your LinkedIn is Donna Kendrick. Instagram, Stepton Financial, Facebook, Stepton Financial, and then you um, have got your email, uh, Donna at steptonfinancial.com. And so people can just reach out, have a look at what you're offering. As I said, you're doing this from a place of, of love, of compassion, of wanting to see people embrace their futures, embrace their lives, uh, carry that love forward with them. But open up their hearts and their eyes to the possibilities of what else is out there with confidence and with the right knowledge and wisdom. Our knowledge and wisdom is different, isn't it? Two very different things. Two totally <laughs> different things. You can it's have how knowledge. how you apply that to Right. Your life. Yeah. The wisdom is how you apply the knowledge, folks. So just, you know, you can have a whole lot of knowledge, then you have no idea what to do with it. You need the wisdom to know what to do with it. And Donna is here there for you to, to do that. Can't wait for you to join us and all the shows that you're going to bring. I know it's going to be extremely exciting, but at the same time, extremely nourishing and fruitful. So thank you so much, Donna, for sharing. Oh, and uh, when is the big day, by the way? Oh, it is. We are now on the one year count. It is with the 21st of June. We're talking now and it's going to be the 20th of June in 2022. Right. So 364 days. <laughs> big, huge wedding. I mean, I imagine the kids want to be bridesmaids and this and that a huge, big thing. We, it's under the wraps. <laughs> as long as we have six kids and us all there successfully, we're happy. Right. Everything else is bonus. Right, right. Exactly. And, you know, hopefully no closures anywhere everything completely open and uh, and ready to go and you know what a wonderful thing to blend families i'm here you you know you, you've shown the example of loss you've shown the example of of survival you've shown the example of thrival and you've shown the example of how to love again you know so yeah uh, and i'm so yeah. happy to share the journey along the way because i am learning too so yes yeah. yes um, and it's it, just because you know what you know now doesn't mean you won't know something else tomorrow Right. Yeah, we're that's all, the wisdom and, part. Yes, right. <laughs> the forever learning, which we're going to do to the day we die. And at the moment we stop learning, we you know, we stop living. So it's really important that we carry on learning. Thank you, Donna, my darling. Look forward Thank to all the so. shows that you're going to bring forward to us. Folks, you know, widows and and, uh, and wisdom coming to you in August sometime. We will let you know when you're going to want to listen to these shows. Also, you know, reach out to her, steptonfinancial.com, because of all the services that she has right now. You may just be at that point in life where you're going through this transition and you simply don't know how. You feel like your head is spinning and you need somebody just to hold the ears and go, I've got you. <laughs> right? Donna's got it's you. <laughs> I actually do that. So that was well done, Sarah. I can see you do it. I, I hold cheeks. Yeah. I hold cheeks. So I got you, Bob. Don't worry. You're not alone. That's what we want to hear. Perfect note to finish off. She's got you. We need to be got. And it's okay, folks. We can move forward. There's always a good day ahead of us. So until next time, folks. Bye, Donna. Until Thank you, Sarah. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on softdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new.
If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.